This is episode 141. We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. Today, we are going to be talking about correcting behaviors. It's a skill that we have on the Smarter Parenting website that is essential for any parent who's making corrections to their child's behavior. I'm going to introduce you to a single mother that I'm working with, Sharon, and her son, Isaac. So we're going to talk about correcting behaviors during this podcast, but there are a few announcements I need to make. There are some changes coming to Smarter Parenting, and I am so excited about them. These changes are being implemented over the next couple of weeks, and there's a lot happening. We're growing. Someone will be joining me on the podcast soon, and you'll be able to meet her. She comes with a lot of experience in using these techniques, especially with children who have behavioral issues. And so I am excited to have her come join us. Her name is Kimber, and uh, she's going to be fantastic. So tune in for that. That's in future episodes of this podcast. You'll be able to hear from me and from Kimber talking about how this works with families, how to make it more practical in your own family. So great things are on their way. And again, of course, we have coaching, which is available for you. We want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Utah Youth Village and Alpine Academy, which is a division of the Utah Youth Village. Those two entities support Smarter Parenting. And because of that and our generous donors, we're able to provide coaching at a very low rate in order to help as many families as we possibly can. So whether it's for you or it's for someone you know who needs help, we are here for you. We are here to help you work through these parental issues, and we're excited about it. So great stuff on the horizon for Smarter Parenting. Now, during this podcast, let's talk about correcting behaviors. And specifically, I want to start talking about a question that Sharon brought up during one of our sessions. I've been working with Sharon and Isaac not for very long. And in fact, Sharon started watching the videos of the skills on the Smarter Parenting website. She started to implement them with Isaac and started to see changes happening with observe and describe. She started using some following instructions and effective praise. So she watched those skills. She took notes. She, you know, used the worksheets, all the resources that are available on the website she was able to learn how to use these skills. And we were working on correcting behaviors because she noticed that anytime she tried to make a correction to her child's behavior, he would act out. He did not like her correcting his behavior. So we started to evaluate the skill itself and how she could work through it. But she brought up this question that I thought was interesting. She said, why do I parent differently than, than my parents? And so we went down this conversational path of what her parents were like when they raised her and why she wants to do it completely different. And we came down to three solid things that she was able to tease out. The first one was she wanted to do better. She just wanted to do, be a better parent. She didn't blame her parents for anything, and she didn't think her parents did an awful job. But she noticed that there were things in her childhood that she did not want her child to go through. Now, this is very typical. I want you to think about that. We tend to sacrifice quite a bit as parents in order to protect our child or our children 
from experiencing the same pains that we have had, right? We, we go above board sometimes. Sometimes we go beyond to try and protect them from pain or from hurt or from heartache. So we want to do better. So she wanted to do better. She wanted to learn from past mistakes. So she did an evaluation of how she was raised. And she thought, you know, I was raised in a home where children just did what they were told, but they were never given input or they were never allowed to give feedback or they were never allowed to ask questions. And I want my child to ask questions. I want my child to be able to advocate for himself. So as Sharon was explaining this with Isaac, his behavior started to make a lot more sense to me because for her, she's like correcting his behavior and Isaac doesn't like the correction, right? He's struggling. And that goes in line with that idea. She she didn't want him to just do it. She wanted him to be able to ask questions. Now, when we got to that point, the whole idea was, okay, you created this environment. I want you to think about that. You created an environment where your child has some latitude and some freedom to ask questions. Now, the way he's going about it is wrong because if he's acting out, that just says he needs communication skills to communicate appropriately that he has questions or that he has concerns or that he wants to give you feedback or input. That was surprising to Sharon. She's like, oh, I guess I did create that. I did create that for my son. And I said, you absolutely did. And it wasn't out of malice and you didn't do it to have him argue with you. No, you did that in order to address some of the past issues that you had when you were being raised. Now, as we started to discuss this, things started to fall into place. We started to really understand her upbringing and how her upbringing informed her to be a different parent. And what we learned was the third point, which is dysfunction was the function in her home. She felt like her parents just didn't communicate much. Her father did not talk very much. And she's a talker. She likes to talk and she wants to share her life. And when you're trying to communicate with a parent that doesn't do that, it becomes very difficult. And relationships are strained because... You're trying to communicate and connect on one level, and the parent was not connecting in the same reciprocal way. Now, that's not to say that he was a negative influence on her. That's just to say he had a different way of demonstrating his love. So he did not recognize her need for him to engage with her. He was more in his head. He thought things through. He'd give one-sentence answers to questions, and that's just the way he was. So if she wanted to have a deep conversation, she had to go find a friend, okay? She didn't want to talk to her dad because he didn't seem interested, and she interpreted that as being dysfunctional in their communication style. Not to say the family is dysfunctional, but to say that the engagement within the family can be dysfunctional if the people involved are not on the same wavelength if they don't agree in the way that they should engage and communicate with each other. So those are the three things that we were able to pull out for Sharon as we started to do this deeper parenting work and evaluate why does she parent differently. First, she wants to do better. Second, she wanted to learn from the past. She'd learned from the past to make adjustments now with her son Isaac. 
And the third was she realized that dysfunction was the function in her home, so she had to go outside the home in order to connect and make connections with people that would reciprocate what she felt she needed. While we were going through this, we we looked at her past, but then we looked at her present, and we started to realize her wanting to do better, which is the first thing, led to her creating an environment where her son can ask her questions. She wanted more open communication because she learned from the past. And that is where the dysfunction is starting to come in because his dysfunction is, well, I'm just going to act out. I'm going to freak out because I'm given this much space to address something I don't like. And in order to avoid it or in order to get out of it, I'm going to throw a fit or throw a tantrum. Okay. So once we were able to understand this and Sharon's like, okay, now I get it. I want this environment and this is the price that it's going to cost in order for me to have this environment is that I am going to have a child that will ask questions, that will challenge me a bit. And how do I move on from the dysfunction of this negative engagement when he doesn't want to do what I ask him to do? So we started to go through the skill of correcting behaviors because that's the skill she wanted to focus on in our sessions. Now, the steps to correcting behaviors has a lot more steps to it because we're dealing with a behavior that a child does and the parent's ability to recognize that behavior, but also make a correction to that behavior. So this has seven steps. Now, don't be freaked out by how many steps there are. As you can see, they're pretty simple to go through, and I will give you an example, which will help walk you through the whole process. But let me explain what the steps are, and I'm just going to tell you what they are, and then we'll go deeper in depth with them. First one, step one. Get the child's attention to stop the problem behavior. Step number two, express empathy. Say something like, I realize that you are. Step number three, describe the negative behavior. Be sure to avoid judgment. So you want to be descriptive. Avoid asking questions at that point. Step number four, deliver a consequence. Now the consequence should be doable and is meant to teach, not to punish. Step number five, Describe what you want your child to do instead. Use words your child will understand. Step six, give a reason why this good behavior is important to your child. And then step seven, practice the new behavior and then reduce the consequence. Now, these are steps that are fantastic if you think about it, okay? And let me walk you through what this would be like. Step number one, get the child's attention just simply want to say their name. So for Sharon's case, you say Isaac. Step number two, express empathy. I realize that you're upset because you are yelling. Okay, so I have done step number two and three together at this point. I have expressed empathy by saying I realize that you are, and then I describe the behavior. You are yelling. Your voice is elevated. Okay, now I'm not applying judgment to that. I'm just stating a fact. This is what I'm seeing you doing. So step number four, you move on to deliver a consequence. Because you are yelling, you have lost privileges until you finish your chores. Okay, so I deliver a consequence. Now, if you notice in this whole interaction, I'm not saying very many words, but I have already gone through step one, two, three, and four. Just like that, Isaac. 
I realize that you are upset. You are elevating your voice towards me. For that, you have lost privileges until you finish your chores. Okay? Now, step number five. Describe what you want your child to do instead. So, you would say, what you need to do is lower your voice and talk to me. And then you give a reason. Step number six. When you lower your voice and talk to me calmly, I'm more able to work with you so you can have all your privileges back. Okay? So I'm giving a reason why talking calmly is beneficial to him. Not why it's beneficial to me or why it's beneficial to the world, because as we know, children are more focused in on what's in their self-interest. So give a reason why is step number six. And then step number seven, which is, okay, so if you lower your voice and we can practice communicating calmly with each other, then you can earn some of your privileges back. Now, this is the part where some parents get tripped up because they think, well, I've given a consequence. It needs to just stay the consequence the whole time. If you remember from a previous podcast, the whole idea behind all the skills that we use in the teaching family model, which is the model that we use on Smarter Parenting, those are focused on connection, not on control. And a lot of parents approach parenting from the mindset of, I need to control my child. I need absolute control over how they behave, what they do. No, this is about connecting with your child. So reducing the consequences gives them incentive to change the negative behavior and also helps them to reconnect with you, gives them a reason, a motivation for them to do so. So we've gone through all seven steps. Now, I role-played this with Sharon multiple times. We had to print out the steps, and you can find a printout on the Smarter Parenting website and in the podcast notes. Print out the steps. Go through the steps and walk through it the same way that I just did. It doesn't take a lot of words to go through this whole process. In fact, you want to keep it as fluid and as simple as possible because usually you're correcting a behavior during a time that's pretty sketchy, pretty high intensity. So remaining calm on your end, but you can walk through the steps. Let me give you the example again using that example. Step one, get the child's attention. Say their name, Isaac. Step number two, express empathy. I realize that you're upset because you're raising your voice. I've already gone through step number three, which is describe the negative behavior. And I'm not being judgmental. I'm just stating a fact. Step number four, deliver a consequence. Because you are now yelling at me, you have lost privileges for the rest of the day. Step number five, describe what you want your child to do instead. You need to lower your voice. And then you move on to step number six. When you lower your voice and you can communicate with me appropriately, then you can earn some of your privileges back. So let's practice that together. Step number seven. Let's communicate calmly about this and let's make a correction to the behavior. Now, it's fluid because I've done it a million times with a million different kids <laughs> over time. This is something that you will have to practice and you have to practice it on your own, not with your child, but on your own. So when you are confronted with these issues, you can make the correction without being deterred by any of their behaviors, by being able to stay focused and on task. 
because kids are masters at moving and shifting attention to something else or blaming something else or pushing your buttons to focus on something else. So you have to have these memorized. You have to practice it enough and hear yourself go through the steps in order for you to implement it without being sucked into any of the drama that your child is creating in order to stay focused. Once your child realizes, okay, there's nothing I can throw at my parent because my parent is staying focused, they come around and they realize, okay, I need to make a correction because I will get nowhere if I continue this type of behavior, right? So correcting behaviors with Sharon, I practice this with Sharon over and over and over again specifically with elevating the voice with Isaac. And we practiced it to the point where she felt, okay, I think I got it. Now, she said she thought she had it the second time we practiced. And I said, no, let's practice it, you know, four or five more times because I want you to really be familiar with it. So we did. And she was a good sport. Thanks, Sharon, for that. And then I said, okay, now that we practiced it and you feel comfortable practicing it, going through the steps, Let's start doing it again, but this time I'm going to start throwing things to misdirect you to see how well you can cope with it. So during our role plays over Zoom, she was able to use this skill, and then I would start to misdirect by saying things like, this isn't fair, you're unfair, I hate you, you know, things that kids throw out because they just want to shift the focus. What Sharon realized was, yes, She needed those extra practices in order to cement the steps, but she also needed to practice with me being more difficult because that helped her refocus her attention on staying on track, not letting the child lead the interaction, but actually directing the child toward a better interaction with her. So we had to practice that. And as we continued to practice, I started off, with low intensity, trying to refocus and redirect by acting like a child, pushing buttons. And then I started to escalate it to different difficulties. It's kind of like a video game. You learn one level, you get really good at it, and then they increase the difficulty to improve your skill. As we continued to practice this, by the time we finished, Sharon had it down packed and she realized, I just need to be so focused in on correcting the behaviors that regardless of what my son says, if Isaac comes out and says, I hate your guts and you're awful parent and I wish you weren't my mom, she was not shaken by it. She was like, okay, well, you're still elevating your voice. You lower your voice. She was able to stay on track. And that in the call you were able to see a visible confidence shift in Sharon. Sharon's confidence went from a zero in using the skill to a 10, where she's like, I've got this. I can do this. When I see a negative behavior happening with my child, I can do this. And the reason that she could do that is because we practiced it. We practiced it first so she could understand the steps and do it well, then we practice with different intensity. Now, this is one of those skills, again, I mentioned you have to practice. Practice on your own while you're driving in the car. Practice in front of the mirror while you're brushing your teeth. Keep the steps there so you can go through them. It doesn't take long, but it does require focus and attention. 
And then if you are daring, and I really suggest this, practice with somebody else who is going to start pushing buttons that are sensitive to you in order to see if you're able to stay focused on what needs to be done. Yeah, it's a game changer. It's a big game changer to be able to correct a child's behavior when they're behaving poorly and being able to do that well. So that's the challenge for you. Print out the steps. You're going to be able to find that on the Smarter Parenting website. That's available to you. Print them out. It's free. Put them around the house. Practice while you're driving. Practice while you're eating dinner. Practice while you're... Practice, practice, practice. Build that self-confidence in your parenting. By using these steps, look for opportunities to connect with your child, right? It's not only about absolute obedience, but it's about helping to develop human beings that are emotionally stable, that can communicate well, that can talk, and then do that internal work of why am I parenting differently than my parents? Because that that deeper work that we did with Sharon really was informative into where she is now and how she got there. She got there because she intentionally wanted to focus in on things that she felt were necessary for her to be well and what she felt like she needed And she wanted her child to have that. But there are always consequences when you make choices like that. And there are always a price to pay in order to get what you want, right? Parenting is work. I know. Nobody tells you that. I mean, when you you type in parenting on the internet, all you see are pictures of cute babies. Well, those babies grow up. And those babies have opinions. And they have insight. And they have their own ideas, you know. You don't see any of that. And so don't buy into this idea that, you know, parenting is, yeah, we're just going to whatever. No, you create through your parenting the environment where you live. You're the one in charge of creating that. And you can make adjustments here and there to improve it. I believe in you. I absolutely believe in you. Correcting behaviors is a game changer for you. So go over to the Smarter Parenting website, watch the video. Josh is the parent who walks through this whole process. He will explain how to do that. You can see examples of other parents doing it. And really print out the steps and practice it. Start it today because the sooner you start, the sooner behaviors start to correct. And that will be less burden on you because you'll know exactly what to do when you start to see negative behaviors. All right. That's it for me. I hope you have a wonderful week. Again, some great things are on the horizon for Smarter Parenting. And I'm excited to have Kimber join me on a future podcast. You're going to meet her, hear about her experiences using this teaching family model with different children and the success she's been able to see. So have a wonderful week and I will talk to you soon. All right. That's it for me. All right. Bye. Hello, listeners. Did you know we rely on donations to keep this podcast going? All donations help us to help you and other parents. You can donate on the Smarter Parenting website and consider signing up for the Silver Tier Coaching, and you get so much in addition to helping us help parents. You can use a credit card, Google Pay, Apple Pay, or PayPal. Every donation helps. Thanks.